Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at Western New York with news, features, and special guests. Now, here's your host, Brian Rusk. Welcome to the Rusk Report. Back by popular demand, we have a tremendous popular sheriff who's been in office since 2005. Our guest is Erie County Sheriff Tim Howard. He's the 53rd Sheriff of Erie County, New York. He replaced Patrick Galvin, who is now a state senator. He lives in South Wales, New York. And uh, he was, um, Galvin left when he was uh, later elected to the state senate. Uh, Sheriff Howard faced three candidates in 2013. He himself received the Erie County Republican Party nomination and the Erie County Conservative Party nomination. And meanwhile, two other candidates, Dick Dobson and Bert Dunn, both went to a Democratic primary. Dobson came out as a primary's winner, becoming the Democratic nominee, while Dunn stayed in the race by starting a political party to receive ballot access, the Erie County Law and Order Party. In 2017, Sheriff Howard was re-elected, defeating Democratic challenger Bernie Tolbert. Sheriff Howard uh, has a lovely wife, Susan, and he comes from a family of law enforcement officials, ranging from municipal judges to state troopers. He has two children and six grandchildren. Now, at the time of this taping today, U.S. Senator Kamala Harris from California has called for the total legalization of marijuana, not medical marijuana, recreational marijuana. She's on the national talk shows today. I think she's trying to appeal to this uh, left-wing progressive uh, group so she can become president, as Obama did. And let's talk about total legalization of marijuana. You're feeling Sheriff Tim Howard. You can't see me sitting here on radio shaking my head, but I'm I'm shaking my head. Um, all I can think of is government or some government officials are becoming like the permissive parent that let their child go to bed um, with bubble gum or, or or without brushing their teeth. It's not not so funny um, when they wake up with gum in their hair or a few years later all those cavities pop out. So. Um, what possibly is encouraging them to do that except a desire to be popular? So um, that's not what they got elected for. They got elected to provo- to, uh, for, for, to supply guidance, um, to, to direct people in the right direction. Um, foolish, foolish, foolish idea. Um, I know our governor's pushing it. I should say New York's governor. I'm pushing for the same thing. Um, again, it, it's way too soon to be making this uh, this, this type of, of a recommendation and it's not it's not good for public safety well let's look at the addictions we have right now we have smoking causing so many uh, millions of early deaths alcohol and you deal with all these drunk drivers on the roadways gambling addictions do we need another addiction before the taping we were talking about the fall of the Roma, Roman Empire and decadence and losing all your fabric of your society do we need another addiction to add to smoking alcohol gambling 
I would certainly say no. Um, and I, I think to the listeners, be alert enough to pay attention. We're not talking about medical marijuana. We're talking, um, and they, they kind of forget to use the word sometime, but we're talking recreational marijuana. So this is a suggestion from government that, that our society needs some other way of escaping reality, um, the, the reality that they're creating. What we need to do is open our eyes to the reality of the world that we're living in and how much more permissive it's become and it's closer and closer, I think, to what you'd find in hell um, versus what you'd find in a responsible society. Let's talk about illegal aliens uh, receiving driver's licenses. When we had Mickey Kearns, a man who you ran with on the ballot as Erie County clerk, he said that he will fight tooth and nail against giving illegals who should not be in this country to receive driver's licenses. I mean, do you have a problem with the illegals driving illegally? Insurance, <laughs> accidents, fatalities. How do you feel about them getting these driver's licenses? I can't even think about this suggestion without laughing, but laughing um, in disbelief. So our governments, our state governments in this case, want to license people theoretically to legally drive in our state or in our country that haven't even entered our country legally. Um, would they somehow then think that these individuals would, would be committed to obeying our traffic laws when they haven't obeyed our immigration laws? Um, I, I'm for, for immigration. I, I recognize America as the, its greatness uh, with, with resulting from the melting pot of everybody bringing all these if, different ideas and and compiling them and, and, and learning the best from one group and, and adapting it for another. But to think that individuals that come into our country unlawfully, should that be granted driver's license and think that they're going to drive legally is, is ridiculous. Our guest is Erie County Sheriff Tim Howard, a popular, being in office now for 14 years. Um, let's talk about this border wall. You were a delegate at the Republican National Convention, so you were a Trump supporter. Trump is pushing this uh, border wall. They're saying that we have 300 deaths to opioids in this country per week and that 90% of the hard drugs come through the Mexican border illegally. Your feelings, Sheriff, should we have a border wall or should we do, as uh, Senator Gillibrand and others say, uh, no ice, open borders? Where do you feel on this? <laughs> Sheriff Tim Howard. You're asking a lot of questions today that make me laugh. I'm Ryan. keeping you on your toes. Like saying, like saying mm -hmm. that, but, but I'm not laughing. Aha. I'm laughing and saying this is not possible. Um, you, you actually put, the, put it together beautifully. Um, you cannot separate the illegal aliens, the individuals coming into our country unlawfully and how easy it is for them to do that or maybe saying it a different way how would we expect to control this these small packages of illegal material when we can't control the large packages of human beings that are that are crossing the border um can people really not um, consider that at least some of these individuals are human mules that are being hired by um, um drug drug dealers to carry these packages with them into the country, deliver them, um, receive a sum of money, and then return and, and, and do it again. So the simple solution is, is, is a border wall.
Um, border walls and fences have gates. Um, we see them everywhere. Um, actually, we wouldn't travel far outside of Buffalo. I think Chautauqua Institute is a great example of a community, and I suspect that the majority of the residents in Chautauqua County that is a fenced and gated community um, would would not be willing to tear down their fences, um, nor, the, nor their gates to welcome um, visitors that you know are coming there for a legitimate or lawful purpose. So um, build the wall. If we want more gates, build more gates. Um, but we need to control who comes and goes from our country. Well, isn't it um, hypocritical when we see <clears throat> Mrs. Pelosi in Pacific Palisades with a 20-foot wall around her house? Uh, Mrs. Clinton has fencing around all of her house. Uh, former President Obama has a wall around his house. The Vatican has a wall around the Vatican because I've been there 20 times and I have to go through metal screening to get in. When I come from Canada to the U.S., I have to go through immigration and there's a wall there. <laughs> so isn't it hypocritical? Um, certainly. I, forgive me for, for, for uh, forgetting this, but um, who wrote the mending fences? Is it Steverson? I think the, the, the but, but, but at any rate, um, Google it. Um, mm -hmm. ben, mending fences. And the expression or the saying from that um, story, the uh, good fences make good neighbors. Um, so it, it's definitely hypocritical. We recognize that everywhere. And back again to the concept, um, how do I know where my border is um, absent something um, to market? And again, just as fences are designed to keep cattle um, in or, or cattle out or other, mm -hmm. other animals out, um, so are fences that, that delineate um, boundaries designed to, to keep in keep in or keep out um, as desired. So um, to these individuals that would denounce a, a border wall or a border fence, um, take down your own fence then. Yeah, it's just like when I hear Mrs. Clinton say that we need all these gun control laws, but she's protected by people with uh, five people with guns 24-7. So she doesn't want people in society to have guns, but she wants people around her with guns. Was it from the OK Corral? Their, their hypocrisy knows no bounds or has no bounds. Um, <laughs> excellent point. Um, and at the same time, um, anytime you think of protection, you think of, of the existence of armed guards um, and, and firearms. And then we talk about gun-free zones to protect their children. Saying, isn't that equally um, hypocritical? Well, it sounds sort of crazy when they have gun-free zones and then people with guns and rifles go in and kill people in those areas. That's where you should have people with guns protecting those young people against. Uh, so it seems to me it's uh, you need the good guys with the guns to save us against the bad guys with the guns. Our guest today is popular Erie County Sheriff Tim Howard in office since 2005. Many conservatives hope that he runs again for Erie County Sheriff. He wins every time. A little plug here. For 60 years, the Ampol Legal has been Polonia's newspaper sharing our Polish heritage with the readers. News, feature articles, great columns, and recipes have filled our pages for six decades. If you haven't read our paper, we invite you to try our winter special, six months for $15. That's 26 issues, including our great Easter editions for only $15. Call 716-835-9454. 
to order or click on the services menu on our website, www.ampolegal.com, and put Winter Special in the comments box. And ESPN 1520 is streaming. You can listen live by going to our website, ESPN1520.com, and clicking on the radio.com or listen tab. If you're listening in Cheektowaga, Montreal, or Washington, D.C., to our 50,000 watts of clear channel power, drop us a note. Please write to Brian Rusk, ESPN Radio, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. This station has received letters as far away as Scandinavia, New Zealand. We'd like to hear from you. Again, the sheriff is the 53rd Sheriff of Erie County, Tim Howard. He assumed office January 3rd. 2005. He's a Republican, married to Susan from South Wales, and he succeeded Pat Gallivan, who is now a state senator. Let's talk about sanctuary cities where illegal aliens go in the United States and receive all these benefits when they should not be here, and the crime that people from sanctuary cities uh, perform. I've seen so many interviews of people whose uh, loved ones, uh, sons and daughters have been killed by illegal aliens. Let's talk about sanctuary cities. How can we allow this? Again, the concept just doesn't make, doesn't fit with with, with common sense. Um, Why don't we put these energies, and these individuals that are favoring us, why don't we put the energies into um, speeding up the process that allows individuals to lawfully enter our country? Um, are we admitting defeat? I, mean, I think as well about is the, uh, is it the Greek, the Trojan, the Trojan horse, where they, they went to great efforts to smuggle the soldiers into the city that then, then opened up the horse and, and defeated, sacked and defeated the city. Um, you don't need the gift horse here. We're just saying, come on in, do whatever you want to, to whomever you want. Um, using... The United States. Um, first of all, I think sometimes our country is like a, a giant lifeboat, and the people on the boat or the controllers of the boat, which would be our government, um, decides how many people the lifeboat can hold, um, makes rules for the people that come onto their boat. Um, but if other people that didn't help to build the boat, didn't help to pay for the boat, don't help to maintain the boat, um, get free use of the boat, then why would all these people? Um, other people um, contribute toward it. I think sanctuary cities are, are much like that. Again, the fact that you enter the country unlawfully or illegally, um, and then to think that you will obey our country's laws and work to benefit our, our country, it, it, it just doesn't make sense. But I think, too, that as American citizens, um, as residents of one state, if we, as a law enforcement officer, encounter an individual from another state, we would automatically assume that person's licensed, um, is a resident of Pennsylvania, New Jersey, California, maybe not so much now California, but that, 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 that they're here and in our country legally. We don't even think that they may not be. Um, the more sanctuary cities there are, the, the more law enforcement would doubt that the other residents from those municipalities or those those cities um, would would you you could no longer assume that they're in fact in our country um, lawfully. So sanctuary cities raise doubt uh, about the the legality of all of the other residents from those cities or those states as well. Our guest is popular Erie County Sheriff. 
Tim Howard on the Rusk Report on ESPN AM 1520. Let's talk about when you and your deputies and officers see someone who is illegally in Erie County, New York. What is the process? Do you contact ICE? You know they're here illegally. They may have criminal records. What do you do to de- deport these people? Um, I think first thing we need to note is that that you can be in the country unlawfully, but it is not a crime, not always a crime. Um, so so um, it, it, it seems to be even that expression is, is contradictory and hard to explain, but it's a civil penalty to simply that maybe the first time or the second time that an individual enters our country unlawfully, it is a civil crime, not a, not a crime. Um, crime for which you'd end up in jail. But to, but to separate this, when we encounter an individual whose um, legal status is unknown, if we do not have other grounds to hold that individual, they're not held. Um, not by local law enforcement. If, if by chance you were in the company of a person who had been empowered by the federal government um, to to perform those duties, that individual would step up and, and, and take over, as we have on a lot of task forces that operate um, on, on our borders here in, the, in uh, New York State. Um, but more likely, we, more often, we encounter individuals on, either on domestic violence arrests, on traffic arrests, on shoplifting or, or other um, civil disobedience type, type of crimes. Um, we encounter those individuals. They're not arrested because of their immigration status. They're, they're arrested for some other offense of the law, and notification is made to the federal authorities to inquire um, if they are wanted either First of all, their, their inquiries are made from all other law enforcement. Are they wanted in some other state, some other in some other jurisdiction, um, which includes are they wanted by the federal government for any type of an immigration crime? So if you have an illegal alien and they commit a violent act, then would the federal agency seek to deport that person? It's a worked out between federal and state prosecutors. Um, more often than not, I think the individuals are prosecuted for their local crime. Um, it may not make sense immediately, but they're prosecuted and sentenced for their local crime. And at the conclusion of the sentence that they may receive from their local crime, notification is made to the federal authorities to either deport them or possibly incarcerate them for their um, unlawful entry into the into the country. Now, um, it's easy to think, wouldn't it make more sense? Why are we paying tax, spending um, taxpayers' money to incarcerate them in our facilities to, to provide medical care and, and uh, other services that they receive? Um, while incarcerated, wouldn't it make more sense to just deport them? Um, often that is done, but they find out that uh, a day later, a week later, they're back in the country again because it's so easy to come back into the country. So I suppose cycling back to where we were in the beginning, um, if we build a secure border around our country, we certainly could save a lot of money by deporting these individuals um, more quickly and not expect to see them back the next day. Um, well, what's interesting in the country, uh, the Republic of Poland, they don't allow uh, illegal aliens and refugees into their country, and they have no terrorism. 
Zero. I mean, we think um, even crossing from the United States into Canada, if you have a misdemeanor DWI conviction, you're an excludable alien that cannot even go into Canada because you've got a misdemeanor conviction for, for driving, any misdemeanor conviction, but even for driving while intoxicated, you're no longer welcome in Canada. Our guest today is Erie County Sheriff Timothy Howard, 53rd Sheriff of Erie County. If you're listening in Wales, New York, Toronto, or Northern Florida, drop us a note. Please write to Brian Rusk, ESPN Radio, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. And again, Sheriff Howard comes from a family of law enforcement officials ranging from municipal judges to state troopers. He has two children and six grandchildren. Let's talk about your family of law enforcement. I met at one of your parties. Many of your relatives were in law enforcement. Tell us about all these relatives of yours who are protecting the law. Well, I suppose starting, I, I was the first policeman in our family, um, followed shortly thereafter by the, the my father's third son. Um, but uh, then the oldest brother was in Vietnam, and upon his return, he went into law enforcement. And then the youngest brother, um, once he became old enough, um, went into law enforcement, and the one sister we had one have one sister um, married a, a a policeman and then a corrections officer. Um, so now I guess we'll go to uh, next generation. Um, my two sons are with the state police. One is a sergeant, and the other is senior investigator. Um, one of them is is his his wife is an investigator with the state police. Um, I have one daughter whose husband is also now a a sergeant with the state police. Um, a nephew that's an investigator with the state police. Uh, at one point, we had all three of them, uh, two investigator Howards and a trooper Howard at one point, all working out of the same station, which uh, got a little confusing when the phone rang. Can I, I speak to <laughs> Trooper Howard and which Trooper Howard? Um, I'm, I have uh, several nephews and nieces that have also either themselves in, in law enforcement or married into law enforcement. Wonderful family. Uh, you must love our country with all of your relatives uh, trying to enforce the laws in uh, upstate New York. Let's talk about the opioid war. Again, we've mentioned, uh, and you see this when you look at the obituaries, young people in their 20s uh, with sudden deaths. Um, it's estimated 300 a, a week are dying in America when often the hard drugs are cheaper than marijuana. Let's talk about the opioid war. Are we winning this war? How are we going to finish it? Um, I don't know that we're winning it. Um, I guess the first thing you'd think of is um, if we we called it a war on drugs, and if, in fact, it ever was a war on drugs, the the, the casualties of war have, have not fallen on the people that dealt the drugs. They've, they've fallen on the people that used the drugs and on the law enforcement officers that tried to enforce the laws um, against the drugs. But there were very few, um, you say, casualties, maybe mm -hmm. uh, uh, on the part of the other side in this war, which is the drug dealers. Um, they they found themselves with varying laws, but they found themselves sentenced to lengthy prisons. And we had politicians that say these were nonviolent crimes and these people don't deserve to, to, to stay in jail. Um, they peddled a product that resulted in other people dying. Um, in fact, I suppose the use of the sale of drugs might not be violent, but certainly the, 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 the industry itself is extremely violent with dealers killing each other and certainly their users 
um, dying as a result of the use of the product and killing other people and doing armed robberies and other violent crimes in order to support their drug habits. So um, we've never really looked at this as a as a war. It was a nice title that somebody attached, but they never really fought the war. Um, this has been the case otherwise in our in our history. They never truly fought this um, as a war. But to say, um, are we winning? Um, we, we can't let up our efforts to try to win. I can't say that we've won yet, but we're, we're, we're still in the war. I'm saddened by the individuals, that, the, the school of thought that not, might now suggest that if you're, um, if you're addicted to opiates, um, you must maintain opiates for the rest of your life in order to stay, quote, unquote, healthy. That by by coming off the opiate at government being, expense at government expense, but it's the government that is that is saying that um, maybe that's teaching that 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 the use of opiates um, impacts your ability to feel joy, experience joy, maybe your desire to continue living. So that once you become dependent on opiates, to come off of opiates uh, might somehow make you more prone to suicide. Therefore, the safer way of, of, of maintaining your life is to stay on opiates. There is a school of people that are suggesting that, and, and it, it, I, I don't want to accept it, but, but um, the, we, we just got to do everything we can to never get on the opiate in the first place, and, and that's where our efforts should be. We have a minute left. Isn't it ridiculous if we're going to have the government at government expense dispense heroin? To people to keep them lethargic and addicted for the rest of their lives. Really, I mean, where has it started, right? And it started. I mean, it's like saying, well, we know that the use of needles led to developing infectious diseases, so we then do a needle exchange. It's like saying, so that's kind of where it started. If we think back to that, so we may have reduced the number of individuals that that are contacting hepatitis or AIDS, um, but but we have. Um, certainly removed one of the dangers of using drugs, you know, providing another life preserver, um, one more reason to to believe that it's okay and it's safe to use drugs, and it's not. I'd like to thank our uh, gifted sheriff, Tim Howard, for being our guest on the Rust Report, enlightening us once again, backed by popular demand. Special thanks to Kevin Carr our director of production for the past 15 years. And thanks to those who called regarding Steve Cotton of the Challenger Learning Center, Marissa Maruli, famous photographer, and Lucia Etter, vice consulate of Italy, all on the Rusk Report. Again, if you have any thoughts or comments, please write to Brian Rusk, ESPN Radio, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. Thank you so much for teaching us again about law enforcement, popular Erie County Sheriff Tim Howard. Have a great week. You've been listening to The Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at the Western New York community with news, features, and special guests. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write to Brian Rusk, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Amherst, New York, 14226. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.